Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God is awesome. Just, just in case y'all didn't know that. <laughs> in case... You didn't see the flyer. I've got a word called God has a bigger shovel. <laughs> That's the name of it. The name's not original. Some other man I was reading in my Bible made that statement. But when he when I read that it quickened in me. That God has a bigger shovel. <laughs> Hallelujah. This message is going to be geared around prosperity, around giving. But it's not, when it comes to sowing and reaping, we talk about it as far as money goes. But it also operates, that principle operates in every area. As a matter of fact, most of us operate in that principle in other areas more than we do in the area of finance. I'm going to read some scriptures to you. And the purpose of these is to prove that God wants to bless you. We've got to get that sealed in us. That God wants. It is his desire. That you be blessed. It is his desire. John 10. I mean, if you don't think God wants to bless you, then how can he, how can he bless you? We've got, to real, we've got to get that settled in us that God wants me prosperous. We all know this scripture, but let's just think about it for a minute. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not but for to... To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. The devil takes. God does not take. The devil takes. God wants us to have abundant life. And I know people 
you'll hear people say, well, that's abundant life in the Spirit. I got a scripture for that one, too. We'll get there in a minute. <laughs> well, it's the next scripture, as a matter of fact. Because it does not say that in this scripture. It says abundant life. Period. The end of that statement. John, 3 John, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. See, he wanted people healed this morning. It was his desire to come in and touch somebody's shoulder and heal them. And it goes on to say, even as your soul prospers. So he wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Your soul is your spirit realm. These other two are outside. They're in the natural realm. He wants you prosperous in the natural, and he wants you healthy. He's got things for us to do. Hallelujah. He says, even as your soul prospers. I, I personally think that the closer we get to God, the more our soul prospers. And by what I mean, what I, how I interpret that is when our soul prospers, it means that we have gotten a revelation. It's the knowledge we have has went past here and into our spirit. That's when your soul prospers. And when your soul prospers, you prosper in the natural. You prosper in the areas of prosperity. You prosper in the areas of getting healed. Because if your soul wasn't to the place to where uh, God can, you feel like God wants to heal you, you wouldn't have come down here and gotten prayed for. Hallelujah. So as our soul prospers, as we get more revelations of who God is, because I've had him tell me before, you operate in the revelation of him, of his name that you have a revelation in. See if I said that right. The name of God that you have a revelation of is the name that you operate in. We operate in the name of healing. I don't know the name of God for that, except Jesus. <laughs> Jehovah Rapha. We operate in that name here because we have a revelation that God wants to heal. So when that comes, we recognize when that part of God, that name of God shows up like Adam did. This morning, that name of God showed up to him, and he, he stepped into it, and the people responded. So revelation, the revelation that you have. We've got to get a revelation of Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Let's look at Proverbs 8, 12. 
Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Our wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit knows all, knows everything. Dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. You ever prayed for God to give you an idea, a witty invention? This says that he will, that it's in the wisdom of God. Why would I want a witty invention? Years ago, I don't know this lady come up with this little hair deal. Probably 20 years ago. I don't remember what it actually looked like, but it was a piece of plastic now. Best I can remember with a loop in it. And it was somehow she could design her, do her hair with, and she ended up making millions. A witty invention doesn't have to be a machine that can find a diamond. It can be simple. A witty invention. And God says we have access to those. We have access to them. That brings prosperity into your life. What about Isaac? Isaac in Genesis 26, 16, it says that he sowed in the land that God told him to sow in. It was actually a land of famine. I mean, you don't sow in a land that's famine. You don't sow in the desert. God said, sow here. He reaped a hundredfold. God prospered him to the point that his enemies actually says, we want you to leave. You need to just go on, get away from us. You're too prosperous. You're too powerful. I've always wondered if, he, if God did that for then, for God <laughs> did that for him, and the enemy saw it, why would they not say, oh, my God, I'll just thump you over, and I'm going to go to his God. But he didn't do that. They just asked him to leave. <laughs> it's beyond me. See, God wants you blessed. Bless you right in the middle of your enemy. Bless you right in the middle of a famine. That's why we can't look. I know people have watched the stock market up, down, up, down. I find nowhere in here God says, watch the stock market. He says, keep your eyes on me. That's what he says. He doesn't care if there's a famine in the land. That does not affect him one bit. And he wants us blessed. Malachi chapter 3 verse 12. This is talking about tithing. and That's what we usually go to is 
God's going to pour out a blessing upon me that I can't contain. That's what we, what we stopped there. You go on down into verse 12. It says, and the nations will call you blessed. The nations will call you blessed. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says that God wants us to be the head and not the tail. What does the head do? What does the tail do? It follows. I uh, I worked out at the mill for a long time. We were having one of our meetings one day, and the leaders were telling us how we were doing as far as competitors and stuff and their projected goal which surprised me was that they was going to be able to catch up to their competitors and I and my first thought maybe it's because I've seen this why are we trying to catch up why are we not already why are they not trying to catch up to us that was my thought why are they why are, why are we still back here we've been in the tissue business for i don't know how many years why are we not the ones they're chasing that was that that was my thought whenever i heard that i'm like and they had projected it for two or three years we're going to do this and this and this and if this works we're going to be a, even with them and then we're going to be a, competing with them and like something's wrong with this. You know, there's one thing God cannot do, and that's fail. God cannot fail. When he speaks, it comes to pass. It happens. It's established. We can fail by not stepping into what he spoke. Hallelujah. I've had God say uh, three different things to me over a period of, I'd say probably months, maybe a year. Just little phrases. One of them, he said, next level thinking. Then I had him tell me, think bigger. Then I heard him say, rethink possible. Rethink possible. Well, next level thinking, just see God's mercy. The Bible tells us his mercy is new every morning. You know, that's a good thing. You know what that, that means? That you got a do-over. What you messed up yesterday, you can start over today. That means that your today can be better than yesterday. And that means because you've got mercy waiting on you in the morning that tomorrow can be better than what you did today. That's a whole new realm to think in. That I progressively increase. Genesis 1, chapter 3. God said, 
God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he said, let there be, let there exist light. Let light happen. And there was, it was light. Verse 28, God said, and he's talking to us, God said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, be fruitful and multiply. It's a command. You ever thought of it that way? He said to his people, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, bring increase upon the earth. Multiply upon the earth. God did not say, if you want to, or I wish you would, I would like for you to be fruitful. He was just plain and direct. Be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. You know, uh, talking about the names of God, every name of God brings increase. Jehovah Rapha brought increase this morning. He brought increase. He brought mobility, increase. Every name of God brings increase. But we have to have a revelation of that name. Okay, we're going to move on to thinking bigger. Do you ever think of money as a tool? Money is a tool. That's a different realm of thinking. Money is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool that we use to do things with. It's like I, buy, I take money, I buy me a tool. I buy me a wrench, I buy me a saw. And then I'll take that saw and I will use that saw for, to my benefit. It becomes a tool. And when we start viewing money as a tool instead of as a necessity, then we begin to change the way we think and money becomes something that works for us instead of we working for it. Yes, we get paid, we work, and we get paid, but then we put that money to work because it's a tool. Because the Bible tells us that money answers all things. So what does that actually mean when it answers all things? It answers your bills. It answers food on your table. It answers gas in your car. It's a tool. 
Then God said, rethink possible. Dan and I, one, one evening, were sitting on our couch. Months. Well, probably, well, no, it's been more than time flies now. Probably been a couple of years ago. I was sitting there watching this young music group sing. And I was just sitting there look, well, looking at them thinking, they, they've had to give up a whole lot to do what they do, to travel and sing like they do from place to place. And I was sitting there, and I heard in my spirit, God says, are you willing to give up life as you know it? I got up off, I didn't say anything to my wife. I, I got up off the couch because that was a serious question to me, the most serious question. Are you willing to give up life as you know it? It took me several minutes. I actually got up and went to the back of the house <laughs> before I could actually answer that. I knew my answer, what my answer was going to be, yes, but it couldn't come out immediately because <laughs> I knew there was, it was serious. People can get comfortable with not having enough or just enough. You can get comfortable. You can get in that cycle to where you can, you can work it. You can make it work. You can survive. You, you can get into survival mode, and you can be there, and you can stay there to the point to where you're comfortable being uncomfortable in that place. So when God asked, are you willing to give up life as you know it? At that moment, he wasn't talking about finances. He was, but that's what I'm talking about. Are you willing to give that up? Because we can get comfortable there and not be willing to come out of that. We can be comfortable there and not let God, because it's going to take some stretching to come out of that. God will have to stretch you. Are we willing to be stretched to come out of that? Luke 4.18. Let's look at that. Luke 4.18. says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised God has anointed me to bring increase in all of these areas because that's what happens 
when we minister to people, we bring increase from heaven into that area. I've heard people say before, when it become time for prayer, they tell you later, I, I didn't get prayer because I wanted to make sure someone else got prayed for. I'm here to tell you God's got enough. God's got enough. It's one thing to wait and let somebody go ahead of you. That's, that's a whole other realm. But don't miss what God has because you're waiting to let's make sure somebody else gets touched. God has enough. God has enough. When we got saved, the Holy Spirit came and lived in us. What that actually did was the spirit of increase came in. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. But the spirit of increase came in when we got saved. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us Well, when you read, read the Bible, you can find God just giving and giving and giving and giving. God is such a big giver that he cr had to create to let his giving out, to express his giving. <laughs> Say that again. God is such a big giver, that's who he is, that he had to create the heavens and the earth and everything in us. He had to release that giving out because he, that's, that's just who he is. He is a giver. And we have that same spirit in us. We have that same spirit in us. That giving spirit. But the enemy comes in and he covers it up. He covers it up with doubt. And he covers it up with unbelief, fear, and greed. But that spirit, that giving spirit is in you. It is in you. Think of yourself like this. That you are really just a bag of seed. <laughs> You're a bag of seed. You are a bag of seed. Everything we do, as we've been taught, down from Dr. Morris Cirillo through Apostle Aline and Apostle Angie, 
that everything we do is a seed. If you get that revelation, that, that will change your life. Everything that you do is a seed. You're sowing something that you're going to reap something from, good or bad. You can sow good seed. You can sow briars and thorns. But you're sowing constantly. That's why I say you're, about, you're nothing but a bag of seed. I mean, most of you are pretty bags of seed, but all of you are. You're pretty bags of seed, but you're still a bag of seed. <laughs> because a seed has a multiplying effect built into it. You sow one seed, it's going to produce more seeds. It don't just come up and produce another seed. They always produce more. So we have to check and see what we're sowing. Hallelujah. We have to check and see what we're sowing. Second Corinthians 9.10 says that God gives seed to the sower. Y'all know these scriptures. God gives seed to the sower. That tells me that to be a, well, he gave me this analogy years ago for this verse right here. You got to be a sower. You can take a man, he can buy a farm, he can buy the tractor, he can buy the plows, he can get out there and till that ground up, make it look all pretty, make rows down it, and make it look pretty. But until he plants that seed in the ground, he's not a farmer. He's just a man with a tractor and some pretty ground. Until he plants that seed, that's when he becomes a farmer. That's when he becomes a sower. That's when we become a sower. God said he gives seed to the sower. We sow, and then God gives seed. I do this, and I know everybody else does too. God brings the increase in. We get a blessing. We want to jump, shout, holler, and woohoo! Thank you for the increase. How often do we say, Thank you, Lord, for the seed? How often do we say, Or is it more like, I really don't want to. Uh, God, you know, you know I don't have much instead of saying, God, thank you for the seed. I'm beginning to see we should be more thankful for the seed than we are for the increase. Because exactly because without this, there is no increase. 
The increase comes when the seed is sown. So we should be more thankful, actually, that we've got a seed to sow than we do for the increase. I mean, we're thankful for the increase. But be thankful that you have a seed to sow because that's where the increase comes from. <laughs> and as far as sowing, uh, do you know God? Genesis 2, 8. It says, God planted a garden. God planted. God sowed a seed for what he wanted in the garden. If it worked for him and we're his children, it works for me. If he was good enough for God to sow a seed for what he wanted in the garden, it's good enough for me to sow a seed for what I need. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the thing about God is his way of measuring things is different from ours. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's an example of God having a bigger shovel. Because, <laughs> see, my seed is my shovel. God's harvest back is his shovel. God's shovel is bigger than mine. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, well... It just says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. In other words, you give liberally as the Holy Spirit leads you. Increase comes. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 tells us that if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. It also says if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. As a, and us growing up at home, we always had a garden, always. And most of the stuff that we planted, my daddy never had to buy seeds for. And the reason is because of this principle right here. At the end of our okra row, there was at least two stalks that we never cut. They were left strictly for seed for next year. Those pods would grow to their maturity. We let them dry out, picked them, shelled out the seeds. We had okra to plant for the next year. We did that with the peas. We did that with everything, basically, just about it. So your seeds for your next harvest comes from your previous harvest. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about there's a cycle of, of provision. You sow, you get a harvest. You sow again out of that, you get another harvest. You sow again out of that, you get another harvest. 
it's a cycle. God created that cycle. He created that cycle to keep things perpetual, to keep it working. I've, uh, I've had to deal with this, this one. You know, some people say, well, it's not working for me. It's not working for me. My circumstance is different. When you hear that voice, that's not God talking. It's, it's just not. It's not God telling you that it won't work for you. I got something God spoke to me, and I'm going to read it to you. He says, as I promised Abraham, so have I promised you. You shall be exceedingly fruitful. The time is now. It's not about your estates. It's not about your race. It's not about your gender. It's not about your age, and it's not about your family tree. We let those things right there stand in our way. Right there. God said, you are in my family now. Believe me. It's time for the plowman to overtake the reaper. He said, it's not me putting limitations on you. I take them off. You are only limited by what you believe. You are anointed for increase. You're a child of God, seeking God, you are anointed for increase. You are anointed for increase. And we don't have to have everything right. All of our, our life doesn't have to be perfect. We don't have to have the perfect job. We're simply anointed for increase. You know, Psalms 23, I don't know if y'all know this a lot, but people like to put this one on, on tombstones. <laughs> but it's really, it's really about a victorious life is what it is. Psalms 23. says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Doesn't that say that you walk through death? You walk through the shadow of death. Verse 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we're seeking God and sowing and going after him and doing what he's asked us to do, sowing the seeds, he says so. It says that he will bless you right in the middle of your enemies. Your enemies will be standing around looking at you, talking about you, and God will bless you right in the middle of them. Hallelujah. I want you to get this, let this statement right here sink in. Our breakthrough in our giving is in our giving. Your breakthrough in your giving is in your giving. We just read it a while ago in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that if we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. Now, bountifully is different for different people. If you're walking around with a couple of million in the bank, your bountifully is going to be different from mine. It's whatever God has told you. That is what the bountifully is. It's hearing what God says speak. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes. Uh, talking about, we've got to hear the voice of God in this because once you've, God has stretched you and stretched you to give to a certain, to a certain level and you become comfortable at that level. Then maybe it's, he asks you to give $20 and that becomes comfortable to you. Then he moves you up to maybe $100. And that's when he calls on you to give. This is not your tithe. He calls on you to give. To sow 100, you sow 100. And then next thing you know, he says, sow five. I've had that. And your first thing is, uh, God? <laughs> I don't want to go backwards. You know, I, I want to increase. But if he tells you to sow five, that is the bountiful that he wants you to sow. If he says sow a hundred, that's the bountiful he wants you to sow. Whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you is what we sow. Matthew nine thirty eight. It says, God is Lord of the harvest, and he is looking for laborers to sow seeds. And I said this and made this a while ago, that our seed is our shovel. When God asks us to sow a seed, 
We saw what he tells us. But the Bible tells us that God is Lord of the harvest. The harvest is always bigger than the seed. So God's shovel is bigger than my shovel. His shovel is always bigger. So what I want, I feel like I want to pray for the people, those that want me to pray for you. And what I want to release into you is that you are anointed for increase. And when, when I say anointed for increase, that means that it's not natural. The anointing is supernatural. You are anointed for increase. Can you, can you say, even say that about yourself? <laughs> If you want me to pray for you this morning, because we are, we are children of God, and we are anointed to bring increase in every area. When we sow a seed, that seed is anointed to bring increase. So if anybody wants prayer, you're welcome to come. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.